Okay. Good evening, everybody. My name is Dan, and I'm a grateful uh, recovering compulsive overeater. And uh, I'm grateful that I'm abstinent. Uh, I'm so grateful. I've been uh, uh, rescued uh, from a hopeless uh, condition of body and mind. Uh, my abstinence is three uh, measured uh, and moderate meals a day. Uh, with nothing in between but life. Uh, I'm five foot eleven. Uh, I weigh around 170 pounds. Uh, I do come from quite high numbers. And uh, although I can't show you a picture of what I uh, look like, uh, I do have a picture that I showed uh, when I qualified at a, a meeting in Pasadena a couple weeks ago, and it helped me to not only look at that picture, but show it to other people. Uh, one one woman said, wow, you're a miracle. Well, it is a miracle, but uh, to guard against any uh, ego-feeding propositions or, or big shotism, uh, any success that I'm having staying abstinent today is due to a higher power working in my life. And so any success I'm having is more my higher power success and not mine. I'm just doing the footwork. And so this is where I tell what I used to be like, uh, what happened and uh, what I do today. And uh, for me, uh, uh, food has always been a part of, uh, uh, food was always there. I'll, I'll just say that. I can remember uh, just from the earliest age, uh, just having food all around, uh, not really having much uh, love or affection, really, but uh, but but the food was around, and uh, I learned very early to uh, to stuff my feelings. And uh, when I was around ten years old, I uh, I saw a movie called The Great Escape, and the star in the movie was a guy named Steve McQueen, and Steve McQueen was a real uh, he was a uh, thin guy. Uh, he with an angular looking face and he looked good and and I thought you know being 10 years old at the time I thought you know that's what I want to be like that's 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 what I want to be like but it wasn't too long after that that uh, I, I really started getting into the food uh, heavy uh, I started uh, uh, just feeling very alone uh, I grew up in the metro Detroit area uh, I went to parochial schools uh, my dad worked uh, for the Lincoln Mercury Division uh, of uh, Ford Motor Company, and my mom was uh, a wonderful mom. Um, I uh, I believe I was born a compulsive reader, and uh, I will uh, I will always uh, be one. Uh, but today I have a daily reprieve by just doing a few simple things. Uh, my uh, my story with coming into OA uh, starts in the uh, mid to early uh, 1980s. Uh, it was actually around that time that I simultaneously came into two different groups, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and OA. I was coming to both meetings at the same time. And uh, one, uh, one morning I woke up, and it was on January 1st, 1986. And I realized I'd almost choked to death uh, the night before. I, at that time, I was using food to uh, 
put myself to sleep at night. I was using it to calm me. To, I was using it as a sedative, or almost like a narcotic or something. And I would eat myself to sleep. And uh, I woke up that morning, January 1st, 1986, and I realized I'd almost choked to death. And I did something I, I never had done before. I got down on my knees and I said out loud, I said, God, please help me. And I I cannot go on like this. And um, as I was sitting there quietly, uh, a thought came into my head. And the thought was, go to an AA meeting. Now, I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't attended an OA meeting yet. All I knew at this particular time was AA. And it made sense to me, go to an AA meeting. So I thought, I'll go down to the LNO club. I quickly got dressed. I got to the Eleanor Club, I opened the door, I walked down the steps down to the basement with a big fluorescent lit room, and the tables were all set, coffee was all on, but nobody was there. And I thought, wow, you know, no one's here. And uh, as I looked, though, there was a door that was open on the other side of the room, and that door, as many times as I had been there for AA meetings, uh, I'd never seen that door open before. And, uh, you know, as far as up to that point, as far as trying to take care of my eating, the only thing I knew of was dieting or going to quick weight loss centers or fasting, and none of that stuff worked. And so as I was standing there in that room, I saw that door open, and there was, I noticed there was a light on in it. And so I walked across the room, walked into that doorway, and as I walked in, there were some tables off to the right side of the room. There were some windows there. There was a lady sitting there. And I just walked past her without looking at her, you know, minding my own business. And as I walked past her, she said, oh, wait. My ears were ringing a little bit because I'd been to a, a little uh, uh, rock and roll party or whatever the night before. And... Uh, when she said OA, to my thinking, it sounded like she said, go away. And so I didn't turn around right away, but I was thinking, I wonder why she's telling me to go away. So I turned around and I said, what did you say? And she said, this is OA. And I said, what's OA? And she said, this is the program for people that are having a problem with food. And she was smiling. And I said, really? Uh, and she said, yeah. And uh, well, I said, wow, can I, can I come to the group? And she said, yeah, have a seat. So I sat down and uh, people started coming into the room and normal-sized bodies, uh, happy, uh, exuberant people. Uh, these are my new friends. Uh, I hadn't seen people like this uh, uh, at AA meetings. Uh, these people were happy, joyous, and free. And uh, they made me laugh. And uh, when they told the stories, I listened. And then eventually I uh, went to a meeting a few days later, and they they read uh, uh, a reading called Our Invitation to You. And uh, as they were reading that, I, I got real quiet. I 
I don't think I'd ever heard anything that profound before. No one had ever described in that reading, you know, what was what was happening with me. It was like some kind of a big secret that had been kept from me. Well, anyhow, uh, after that meeting, uh, I continued going to meetings. Uh, and uh, one day after a meeting, a lady came up to me and uh, she said, have you got a food plan yet? And I, uh, I just quickly said no. And I think I was thinking to myself, I, you know, I, I don't need to do that, you know, um, which I didn't for a long time. But eventually, uh, I was at a meeting and I heard a guy qualify. And I walked up to him after the meeting, and I, and again, I did something I'd never done before. I said, I said, can you help? And uh, then uh, then I said, can you, can you tell me or show me what to eat? And I, I, think, that re- I think that required maybe a little bit of humility uh, to ask that. Uh, but I was desperate. I had that, that little gift of desperation. And uh, I had that window of opportunity, and, and he smiled and he said, sure. And uh, I remember him grabbing a piece of paper and writing down a uh, little, uh, little simple little food plan for me to follow. And, uh, and then he put his phone number down. He said, give me a call tomorrow morning. And I said, okay. And so I got home, got to sleep, woke up the next morning, and, and I gave him a call right away. And I uh, committed my food plan for the day. Uh, he helped me uh, do it, and uh, he gave me some words of encouragement. And that's where I started, right there, uh, just by asking help. Uh, for me personally, nothing, absolutely nothing worked until I actually walked up to another person and said, I need help. Uh, it was almost like in doing that, I was actually asking God for help too, which I'd done and I still do every day. Um, and I continued to uh, go to meetings and, and I remained abstinent uh, for uh, quite a while. Until yeah, I, I got into the 90s and then things started going, I got into what a friend of mine refers to as seasons of abstinence, where I would... Uh, be kind of abstinent and then I'd lose it and then well I don't think I need to explain I think we all know uh, what works for me today is uh, doing things that I don't want to do one of the earliest meetings that I went to uh, I got there early and I was sitting down and uh, there was already someone sitting at the table and they said you're new here aren't you and I, I said, yeah. And they, and this person smiled at me and said, you know, all I can tell you for sure is that if you're going to make it, you're going to have to uh, do things you don't want to do. And that's pretty much my program in a nutshell today is doing things that I don't want to do and doing them and realizing that, that I feel better because of doing them. Uh, today's reading, uh, in uh, uh, the uh, 
Four Today book was just wonderful. I, you know, those of us that have these books, the literature is just so, it's just wonderful. I, I read these books every day. And there was a little checklist in the uh, Four Today book for the February 23rd reading. And it, it starts out, it says, nothing is to be had for nothing. And, you know, I was, I was one of those people that always wanted to have something for nothing. You know, there's a whole uh, industry uh, today that, that uh, is involved in, in uh, uh, giving people nothing for something. Everybody wants, everyone still today wants nothing for something. So there's people that are still selling and, and things to people nothing and getting money back for it. Anyhow, that's all I got to say about that. So, uh, but then I had those times in the program where it got harder for me and I, and I had to go back, I had to humble myself and ask for help. And uh, I'm taking some questions here from the February 23rd reading in uh, For Today, if you had that book handy. And the very first question says, do I have a sponsor, one who has what I want? Yes, I do have a sponsor. I've had, uh, I had, I've had a sponsor since I first came into the room. And I do have a sponsor today. The sponsor that I have today I've had for close to nine years and talk to him every morning. And uh, I commit my food to him. There was one meeting, there was one morning in particular when I was committing my food to him and uh, I had doubled up the amount on one of the items that I was committing on one of my food, on, on one part of my food plan. And uh, right after I committed it to him, he said, he said, you do realize that it's not possible for you to make independent food decisions, don't you? And it was kind of a, 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 it made me bristle. It really challenged me. But it was it was very important uh, that he asked me that question because in saving in in asking me that question, I didn't want to hear that question, and he and he saved my life. It was a it was a first uh, step moment for me. I know today, and, and OA is always uh, gently reminding me that I can't be loyal to my mind because my mind is not loyal to me. Uh, all day long I have thoughts, uh, but I'm careful with my thinking. And uh, lately what I do is, as odd as this may sound, I practice what I call non-thinking. And it's just kind of going through life in a mindful way. And that, that works for me. Uh, do I really listen at meetings and try to contribute? Do, yes, I do. I do listen at meetings. and. Uh, I listen to others' uh, struggles and their successes and uh, their, uh, you know, what's going on. Gentle reminder, life. five minutes remaining. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I try to contribute. I, I try to contribute by doing service. Uh, it seems like the phone meetings always need uh, timers. So uh, at least once a week or so, I'll volunteer to be a timer. And... Uh, I like it. I do it. It gives me something to focus on. Uh, the next little uh, question is, am I working the program beyond step three? And I am. Um, I, uh, one of the things that I'm doing, um, that I've been doing for the last number of years now that I, that I hadn't done uh, 
since the 1980s when I came in is I'm doing three point four steps. And what I mean by that is I rarely go more than maybe three or four months uh, uh, without doing a, uh, an actual fourth and fifth step. I know that I have the 10th step every day, but there's always that other stuff that kind of accumulates. And so I'd make that, that's a part of my program. I try to practice these principles at home uh, and uh, everywhere that I can, really. Uh, today I have a, a a higher power that loves me and cares for me. Uh, I remember very early in my abstinence, I remember one day struggling and just getting on my knees and just saying, God, I ask for your protection and care with complete abandon. Just like it says on page 59, and something miraculous happens. It happened to me. I still remember that moment. Uh, it was wonderful. Uh, I'm not, I don't diet. I don't manipulate or control my food. Uh, one of the things that's really been helping me lately is uh, when I think of it, and I usually remember, is I say a little prayer uh, before my meal, and I and I ask uh, my higher power to, to let me know when I've had enough. Uh, and that really helps me. Uh, I only weigh myself once a month. Uh, my weight today is somewhere between 165 and 170. Uh, and uh, I call people. I call people a lot. I call newcomers. I call other OA members. Uh, when I first got into the program, there was a saying that if your phone isn't ringing, kick it up and kick it up and call someone. Uh, this is a disease of isolation. And uh, sometimes I have to 12 step myself, so to speak, and say, hey, step back a little. Have you called anyone today? I'll just call someone, and sometimes I'll get someone uh, talking, and, and then I'll ask them some questions, how their day was, and then I'll just listen. Uh, if they get on uh, to something that is of interest to them, I'll, I'll say, tell me more, and I'll listen to them. Uh, listening is important. Not only for me, but others, we all need to be listened to. Uh, I do give service uh, whenever I'm asked uh, to talk or, or I try to help out in whatever way I can. Uh, I try to express gratitude. Uh, I had a sponsor many years ago, 20-something years ago, he said, he would tell me that every as he would go through his day, he would thank God like every hour or every sometimes every 15 minutes he'd say thank you god for my abstinence and you know there'd be days where he might say it a hundred times and i have days i do that today i did that today i say thank you god for my abstinence uh gratitude changes everything and gratitude i believe is one of the most powerful tools in our program I'm grateful to be abstinent today. I'm grateful to be in a normal sized body. Uh, I'm grateful that I have that picture of, of what I look like, like when I was morbidly obese. Uh, I'm gonna keep that with me. Uh, and I, I found that I need to keep that with me. I need to remember where I came from because this disease is vicious. Uh, there's people that talk about this disease doing push-ups 
it does push-ups and it also does pull-ups. It's powerful, but this recovery program is powerful too. And so it's all about action today and, and that's what I do. I just try to show up and sometimes I don't know what I'm gonna say at a meeting. And someone told me once, they said, if you don't know what to say, just show up at that meeting and say, God, what would success look like in this situation? And that's what I did tonight. I said, what would success look like in this situation, God? And what success is, is just showing up. And that's what we all do. That's what we all did tonight. We showed up here at this meeting. That's what we do. And that's how we, we stay together. And I'm just grateful, uh, grateful Gentle for every reminder. little Thank you so much. And with that, I'll wrap up. My name is Dan. And my phone number is 906-231-0559. I'll repeat it again, 906-231-0559. And I'm on Eastern Standard Time. Call or text anytime. Thank you.